If you're like me, you care about getting the most from your workouts, which means wearing the finest performance gear. You know, fabric that dries quickly and has superior moisture wicking properties. Fabric so soft and comfortable, you could, well, curl up and sleep in it. Introducing Sheeks, spelled S-H-E-E-X, the world's first performance bedding line. Sheeks began when two former elite athletes and coaches had an aha moment, combining everything we love about quality performance fabric with everything we love about comfortable, irresistible bedding. Unlike traditional sheets that trap heat, sheiks are breathable, so you aren't constantly waking up to throw off covers or add a blanket. So you sleep deeper, longer, and better. And sheiks bedding looks as good as it feels. Colors and styles that can match any decor at a price that will pleasantly surprise you. And right now, you can try sheiks for 30 nights risk-free. Just go to sleepcoolnow.com. Use promo code 1212 and get $40 off any sheet set. That's sleepcoolnow.com promo code 1212. Sleepcoolnow.com, 1212. This is our number two of the World According to Zig podcast for this September 23rd, 2018. My name is John Ziegler. I'm the host of the show where you can still get the truth about the news of the day from a conservative perspective in this world turned upside down. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Our number two is traditionally our guest hour. And um, we've had a lot of really good guests and timely guests in the history of this uh, podcast. Uh, and this week is absolutely no exception because when the uh, the allegation against Brett Kavanaugh broke, the one by Dr. Blessy Ford, where uh, allegedly back in around 1982, he uh, assaulted uh, Blessy Ford as a 15-year-old girl in suburban Washington, D.C., and there's all sorts of problems, and in my view, with the or at least gaps, if not problems, with uh, her memory of this story and and everyone's memory of what allegedly happened here. The very first person I thought about was Dr. Elizabeth Loftus. Dr. Elizabeth Loftus is a world-renowned memory expert. She uh, is somewhat controversial in the field because she says things that some people don't like because she calls it like it is, at least as she sees it. But there is absolutely no questioning her credentials. She's been on 60 Minutes and everywhere else on on major topics involving memory. And there's absolutely no question that the Kavanaugh-Ford controversy is all about memory. And I've gotten to know Dr. Loftus because of her work on the Penn State Jerry Sandusky case. She's actually worked on behalf of both the administrators in that case, as well as testified uh, in one of Sandusky's appeal hearings with regard to the issue of repressed memories occurring during therapy. And so I reached out to Dr. Loftus almost immediately after the story broke, and we had an interesting email exchange and I asked her to come on uh, the podcast today and she's been very generous to to make some time on this Sunday morning. Uh, So without further ado, Dr. Elizabeth Loftus, distinguished professor at UC Irvine and a world-renowned memory expert, welcome back to the World According to Zig podcast. Hi there. Always good to talk to you, Dr. Loftus, and uh, and especially this week because uh, when this Kavanaugh uh, versus a Ford controversy broke. My first thought was, boy, I really need to talk to Dr. Loftus because I I can't remember a major news story where the issue of memory 
was more important and there were there were more potential scenarios to explain uh, what it is we think we know and, and things that we don't know yet so i'll just be, ask a very open-ended question uh, what is your general take on what you have seen with regard to this allegation against Brett Kavanaugh that allegedly happened about 36 years ago, where Dr. Blessy Ford is saying that she was assaulted at a pool party with four other people there when she was about 15 years old, although she doesn't know where it happened. She's not sure when it happened. And um, and the fact that the other four people who she places there say they have absolutely positively no memory of this. What is your general take on the nature of this allegation? First of all, there is a lot of decay that can happen to a memory over uh, over a 30 year period. You don't need a Ph.D. to know that that's true. Um, this sounds like it was an extremely upsetting experience for her and and something very unpleasant and awful like this uh, may well have happened to her. Uh, the question that I have been wondering about is, are we sure that it was Brett Kavanaugh? And I, I guess I've been wondering, when did she attach the name Brett Kavanaugh to this awful experience that she reports having. Is this somebody she knew by name at that at that time in 1982? Or is this something that she had to reconstruct 30 years later uh, when she's trying to fill in the details of this uh, awful memory uh, in her therapy or in her communications with others? So uh, that's a question I have, and I just haven't seen an answer to that question yet. And maybe, maybe the investigation and the interview will, will reveal that. Well, Dr. Loftus, here's what I think we know, uh, and, and you're right. There's a lot that we don't know, and let's, let's stipulate to that. But based upon what we do know, there's a lot that we do know. Uh, it, it, there is the first evidence that we have, <laughs> hardcore evidence, that she attached the name Brett Kavanaugh to this, was just a couple of months ago when she wrote a letter to Diane Fe- Senator Diane Feinstein saying that this had happened to her and that she was interested in speaking to Feinstein about that. She told a therapist in 2012, and, and you and I share, I, I think, a, a, uh, I don't know what the right word would be, but at least a skepticism about anything that is said in therapy, which we'll get to momentarily. But she told a therapist in 2012, according to the therapist notes, that this event had happened to her, but there was no name attached to that. Uh, now, it is possible that she told her husband, uh, either at that point or years before, that uh, that this was Brett Kavanaugh, but we have no proof of that. So, by her own account, she never told anybody about this contemporaneously, not even a journal. And then 30 years later, we have the first proof of any kind of record of this event, which is during therapy, she tells her therapist about an event, but the therapist, according to the notes, indicates no name. Now, let me ask you, based upon your extensive knowledge of therapy, do you, what do you make of the fact that, that the therapist didn't put the name in the notes? Can, can, we, can, we, uh, can we conclude anything about that based upon that fact? I don't think we, I'm not sure we can conclude anything. 
Uh, according to the press accounts, she's in marital therapy. So maybe they're trying to work out some issues, you know, in their marriage. We don't know what it, what it is. Or why, in, in a session about marital therapy, uh, the subject of a traumatic experience from age 15 would be recounted. In the usual kind of therapy situation that, that, that I have studied, uh, it's a little it's a little bit different. Uh, the, the the patient goes into therapy maybe with an eating disorder or maybe with depression, and the therapist uh, ends up suggesting in one way or another that maybe the patient experienced some childhood trauma that is responsible for the eating disorder or the depression. I I, I don't. I don't have any evidence that something like that happened in this case. It's a it's a little bit different, but for some reason, for some reason, she's decided to talk about this age 15 experience in marital therapy. There must be a reason for that, but I don't know what it is. Well, and I understand that we we're never going to know conclusively, maybe ever. But but let's talk about some of the the possibilities here. And and so let me let me go to what I find to be an interesting dichotomy that goes right to your expertise on memory. When she talks about this event, she has intricate details, intricate details about the event itself and even the the nature of the home in which it happened, although she doesn't know who owned the home or where the home was, but she remembers allegedly that Mark Judge was in the room with the two of them, which I find very odd uh, for reasons I'll get to shortly, but uh, she remembers exactly supposedly who the other uh, people were at the party, all four of whom have denied that there ever was this pool party with alcohol and no adults there, but she remembers the event that it well, wait, wait a minute, John. Uh, did they deny there was a party or did they just say, I have no recollection of, of, a, of, this, of a party like this? That's a, it's a little... It's well, a little bit different. Well, I think. they they have they have un, they have made it very clear that to their knowledge this never happened. Now, is that I don't remember it happened, but it could have, or is it? I'm sure it didn't. That's interesting. But let let me, so since you bring okay. that up, since you bring that up, let me ask you about that. Even this is not this is not the way I intended to go. But since you brought it up, let me let me ask you this because. I've, I've seen a lot of people online saying, well, this is no big deal that the other four people wouldn't remember this event, this party, uh, because after all, they weren't abused or they have an incentive to say that they don't remember because they were taking part in abuse. And I say, hold on a second. And this is where I need your opinion, Dr. Loftus, because they're not being asked about some nebulous party. If I was asked, Dr. Loftus, and I'm, I grew up in exactly the same time period, in the same culture, in the Northeast, at a prep, a private boys prep school, I, I get this culture, I, I get all of it. If I was asked, in 1982, John Ziegler, did you ever go to a pool party with alcohol, no adults, and these four exact people, these four exact people, did, did that ever happen? I would be able to tell you with 100% certainty whether or not that happened because that would be extremely memorable. And I can tell you, 
It never happened to me. I was never at a pool party with five people in high school with no adults and lots of alcohol. Had it occurred, it would have been one of the biggest moments of my high school career. So uh, what? So putting in that context, is that unreasonable to to expect that those that one of those four people would remember? Hey, you had this small party with this guest list, and this happened, and none of them say that they have any recollection of it. What do you make of that? I. I- really with you on that point because um the 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 two boys who supposedly did this to her were supposedly stumbling drunk so they may not remember because alcohol does that Mm -hmm. to memory sure and the other two uh who might have remained in in a living room it's a it's a not particularly eventful party Uh, maybe these kinds of gatherings happen a lot i Mm. I'm not sure I'm with you on this point. It's not a slam dunk. Okay, but so let me go back to Dr. Ford's memory because there's a a disparity between the intricate details that she claims to have in her memory of the, the assault part of this and the fact that she has no memory, apparently, based upon the statements that she's given so far, of other things that I would expect and a lot of other people would expect that, that you, you would have some memory of. Like, for instance, she doesn't know for sure the year. She has no idea the place. And, and also, importantly to me, she doesn't even know, apparently, because she hasn't provided it, how she got there and, really important to me, how she got home. She's 15 years old. Her home is nowhere near where she says this party could have happened. She experiences this traumatic event, and there's no story about how she got out of there, who drove her home. She says her parents had no knowledge of this. So I'm curious, Dr. Lopez, this disparity between the details of the the trauma, if you will, where, where she has great uh, memory of it, and no memory whatsoever of any of what I call the logistical details around it. How do you evaluate that? I mean, I think that, that that might be an interesting question to ask her. Supposedly, she hid in the bathroom, and then she would manage to run away from the party. But did, did, did she hop on a bus? Did If she lived nowhere near there, how, it, it's a question. How does she think she got home? I, I, and, um, but I, I don't think... I, I think you can remember parts of an event and not all of an event. I mean, well, I just don't. I just don't know one way or another if this if this particular thing happened to her. But I will tell you something, John. Uh, you know, I know we we should be talking about the science and not anecdata. Uh, but I had a similar experience when I was 15 years old and was assaulted by some boys after a party from a neighboring high school. Uh, and I, it was a, a groping and a very threatening, awful experience. Uh, it, uh, I never forgot it. I can remember a, a lot of the details of it. Uh, there was even a gathering of, I, I told people about it, and, and there was a gathering of people from my high school and people from this neighboring high school, and these boys apologized. Um, but I couldn't tell you who they are or whether they went on to be famous or, or what the story is. And just in the midst of all this, I sent an email to... Uh, my childhood best friend who had the party, and I said, 
I don't, I, this is a weird question all these years later, but I was at a party at your house. We were about 15. Uh, I had a very bad experience after I left the party, groping, threatening, and so on. I think I would have told you about it because she was my best friend. Um, do you have any memory? And, and she wrote back and said, which house? Because she lived in two different houses. And I said, well, you know, the house near, near Century City. Uh, no, I don't remember that, but I do remember somebody exposing themselves to me through the window. So, hmm. you know, what do I make of that? She doesn't remember because it, it's something that happened to me. Right. And what she remembers is something that happened to her. Sure. On some occasion. That's very interesting. Now, but let me ask you. Do you know the year in which this event happened to you, Dr. Loftus? I, uh, well, I would assume I was 15 because I don't think I was driving because the, the, one of these boys offered me a ride home. So, so you remember how you got home? Yeah, I, I, I got into a car with a bunch okay. of boys from a different high school who groped and threatened and eventually talked my way out of this horrible experience, and they took me home. And you also remember the location that this happened, right? Well, it, ha- it was my best friend's house. Right. Well, so is it, I'm skeptical that she can't remember where this happened. I mean, to me, you would remember that. You remembered it. You remembered the year. You remembered the place. You remember how you got home. And so I, I, am I right to be skeptical of that? I mean, it's, it, 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 I mean, I, I, from a memory standpoint, I just, it, it seems very, uh, I don't want to say suspicious because I don't think she's lying. I, I want, and I want to get to why, what I think is happening in, in, momentarily, but I, is it, is there, is it right for us, Dr. Loftus, to be skeptical given the, the massive gaps in this story that should be there? I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I I can't say I can't say for sure. People, you know, with with extremely traumatic events pe- that people do have, people do often remember that the event happened. You know, that it was in a you know, and it was a, an assault, not somebody you know setting the house on fire. And they can remember some core details, and sometimes the peripheral details suffer in memory. So I, I don't. I I'm not quite so confident as you are that there's something wrong with this story because she can't remember certain things well i let me make it clear and i have said this from the beginning it is possible she's telling the truth i i have it i'm very troubled though that we're trying to torpedo a supreme court justice based upon incredibly flimsy evidence I, i would like there to be real evidence that doesn't mean it doesn't it didn't happen but there's but there's got to be evidence and I think you would agree, Dr. Loftus, that if you were evaluating this kind of, and this when it's not a criminal case, obviously, it's a very different standard, but if you were evaluating this current evidence in a criminal case, I mean, this would be laughed out of court, wouldn't it? Well, because you have a beyond the reasonable doubt standard uh, in, a, in a criminal case, uh, yes, and you, so you have a very high burden of proof. But, but aren't... Uh, uh, just, John, I'm just kind of curious because I, I hate to bring you back to the thing that I've been wondering about, which is, you know, when did she attach the name Brett Kavanaugh? Okay. Uh, she doesn't go to the same school as he. Right. Her school supposedly socializes more with a different boys' school. Yep. Brett Kavanaugh is a nobody. Yep. Now, maybe it would, maybe an investigation would reveal that. Brett Kavanaugh had dated her cousin or something, so she knew him and his name, even if he was 
a kind of nobody in terms of his profession and career at that time. But if not, um, when did she decide? Right. And, and, and meanwhile, this is somebody who moved away from the East Coast and, you know, did a lot of her schooling and education and then profession uh, 3,000 miles away. So it, it's not exactly as if he's in her, her social circle. Okay, let me oh. let me let me throw a theory at you, Doctor Loftus. Okay, you tell, you give me a theory. Okay, here's my theory. All right, and I, I can't wait to hear your opinion on this because you're either gonna love this or you're gonna hate this. <laughs> but here's uh, okay, okay, here's my theory. All right, um, and, and this provides there's information in this that I'm not 100. You sounds like you've looked in this pretty carefully, but I'm not sure you know about this. I think one of the key elements to this whole case is that the the man or the boy that she puts in the room with them this mark judge wrote not one but two books about his time period at georgetown prep and created the impression that uh, georgetown prep was a place where there was all sorts of uh, alcohol-fueled parties and debauchery and you know basically uh, you know a- anything goes and that one of the first book came out in 1997 the second book came out in 2005 the second book had a title that anybody who had any connection to georgetown prep would be interested in because georgetown prep was in the title I think it is possible that she read those books. And by the way, in the first book, there's a character that Mark Judge has created, Dr. Loftus. The name is Brad O'Kavanaugh. Brad? Uh, no, it's Bart. I think it's Bart. Oh, Bart. I'm sorry. Bart O'Kavanaugh. Bart, yes. Bart? I, 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 know, I know what you're talking about. Uh, okay, I, so... So she she create he creates this character Bart O'Kavanaugh, and I think it's fascinating, Doctor Loftus, that two things happen. The first time she tells this story on the record is in therapy, and she has Mark Judge in the room, which is a high school. Catholic boys, as a Catholic boy, <laughs> the idea that I was going to make a move on a girl, a 15-year-old girl, with, with one of my friends in the room is ju- in 1982 is mind-blowing. But okay, she puts Mark Judge in the room, which to me feels an awful lot like her subconscious putting the narrator of this story that she's created in her mind over time and maybe with the help of a therapist she's putting the narrator literally in the room with her and in fact judge according to her story effectively disrupts the assault whether on purpose or not and i think it is quite plausible that she read these books that implanted in her mind over time, these seeds that grow to fruition during a therapy session. And that is the explanation for how this happens. What do you make of that, Dr. Loftus? Well, certainly, you know, she can be asked the question, did you, ever, did you ever read his book or ever come across it or ever have a conversation with people about his book? I mean, I think that's a, that's a reasonable question to, to, to get at at your your hypothesis i i'm a little bit wondering um if the book came out in 2005 and she read it around that time 
this therapy session didn't happen until 2012. Well, first of all, there's two things about that. First of all, there's, there's two books. Again, one in 1997, one in 2005. Obviously, we have you can read a book many years after it came out or right. or 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 it can take it can take a long time for a yeah. memory that, that's implanted that, that grows seeds to, to grow into something it may, takes another event like potentially therapy to to make that seed grow into something now also there is to be fair here the apparently now this we this is like to me triple hearsay but if supposedly her husband says that she mentioned something about this in 2004 so th- we have no proof of this other than apparently uh what the, the husband is currently saying he's never made a public statement about this or testified about it but well, that uh, uh, but my question what's the this well, that's a great, that is a great question, because it's exactly, you're, you're exactly right, Dr. Loftus, that, and that is always the question I ask in, in all these situations, when people say, well, they knew, they, you, well, you knew what? And so, you know, she, to, we have no idea. I mean, that could be literally almost anything. I'm just giving you what we currently know as the facts, but I guess what I'm asking, Dr. Loftus, is, is it plausible that the way the memory works, that over time, that these data points so far removed from when an event occurred could theoretically plant with the especially with the help of a therapist plant a false memory in someone's mind is that plausible based upon your experience I, well i think it's possible that maybe some she had an unpleasant experience and maybe in decades later as she's trying to reconstruct the experience she she can use bits and pieces of information that she gets from other times and places and maybe something like that is how she came across the idea that mark judge was a presence and part of of her episode it'd be interesting to it'd be interesting to read that book and see if there's uh, some some kind of uh, stuff in there about you know, groping high school girls. Well, there, there is a. I haven't read the books, but apparently, according to media reports, there's a lot of stuff that is that certainly makes it. In fact, many people on her side have used the books as proof. As see, see, this is the type of stuff that happened, and. And I'm always looking at it, things like, wait a minute, maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's the books that created the memory rather than vice versa. And, and, and to me, I just, I just want the truth, and I just want all the possibilities to be explored here, and I'm just afraid that she's never going to be asked these questions. And, and in that realm, I guess, Dr. Loftus, and I know you, you're very busy, and I appreciate your time, so I'll ask you this last question. Is there a particular question or a series of questions or a topic that you think that Dr. Ford needs to be asked to, to flesh out her, her gaps in memories of this story? I, I would be looking for information about whether she knew his name and knew him at the time. Um, and the information should come not just from her, but from other sources, uh, other data. Um, if, if we find that out, then it, if we find out, yes, she did, she knew him, she knew his name, it, it, it rules out one possibility, which is that she only made the identification of him 30 years later. And, it, you know, uh, it, it just rules out that one possibility. But we don't know that. And those are some things that I, I suspect people will want to talk to her about. 
because uh, I'm not the only one who has raised this question. Well, just to, to clarify, and, and, and we didn't really raise this very much, and I think it's an important element of the story, the one woman that Dr. Ford places at this party, a Leland Kaiser, who happens to be the ex-wife of Bob Beckel, a, a, a very prominent Democratic operative, she, uh, who is also a Democrat, a lifelong friend of Ford, says she has absolutely no memory of this party, and most interestingly, and this is... I think the, the part that you will find to be the most important, most significant, she does not know Kavanaugh. Now, to me, that's consistent with a story that has been created over time where Ford doesn't know Kavanaugh because this is her lifelong friend who she places at the party who says she doesn't remember any party, and and she doesn't know who Kavanaugh is. To her knowledge, never met him. What do you make of that? Well, uh, you're getting me thinking of a related issue, um, because uh, Judge Kavanaugh did produce a letter signed by uh, maybe 60 different women who knew him in high school and said he was uh, a terrific, fine, upstanding guy. It might be interesting for somebody to look into how, how many of those women, if any, went to the same school that Dr. Ford went to, because that might suggest more socializing between those two schools than perhaps we are aware of. And that would be a, a factoid that might figure into our evaluation of this situation. I just find it incredibly odd that that Kaiser, who's friends with Ford to this day, and, and clearly does not want to make a statement. He, she went, she bent over backwards to not make a statement that would be harmful to her. But that Kaiser would not know who Kavanaugh is, and her friend did know her, who not only did know him, but was assaulted by him, and she never mentioned Kavanaugh's name to her? Forget about saying anything about the assault. She never mentioned Brett, Brett Kavanaugh to her? That's, that seems implausible to me. Uh, um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not filled with the uh, implausibility uh, as you are on this one. On, on I, mean, the... I mean, here's my, I contact my old childhood best friend, and she doesn't even remember the party. No, 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 no. no but, 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 but... I would have told her about this uh, soon after uh, it happened. And, and so, you know, this is not... This is not Dr. Ford's friend's story. Uh, this is Dr. No, no, no. Ford's I'm not. Story. I'm not. Just to be clear, Dr. Loftus, I'm not saying that has anything to do with the allegation of the assault. I'm saying that it goes to the issue of whether or not Ford really knew Kavanaugh at all, because they're at the same party, according to Ford. They're friends. She is positive she doesn't know who Kavanaugh is. Yes. So how does Ford know who Kavanaugh is? That's my point. Well, then maybe that is a point uh, towards the idea that she attached, uh, Dr. Ford attached the Kavanaugh name to the episode she is recounting uh, later, later in time. And, I agree. I agree yeah. with you on that. I, that, that's where, that to me is the only scenario that explains all of the known evidence. And, that, and, and in that scenario, by the way, no one's really lying. 
which is how Dr. Ford passes a lie detector test. Because would you agree? This is my last question because I, I know we've gone over time here. But yes. but it, 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 but would you agree, Dr. Loftus, that it is quite plausible for someone take Dr. Ford out of this? That if the, a created memory is is attached in one's mind long enough, people really believe it happened, and therefore they would pass a lie detector test. Oh, absolutely. I, when we plant false memories or distorted memories in the minds of people, and they genuinely believe them, um, uh, they're very convincing, and 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 they they can pass a lie detector. I mean, I I have no reason to to really doubt from anything I've seen that she genuinely believes in what she's saying. Okay. Dr. Loftus, always great to talk to you. Oh, yeah, nice talking to you again, John. Let's keep in touch, okay? Okay, take care. All right, that's uh, Dr. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Loftus, one of the world's renowned memory experts and a distinguished pro- professor at UC Irvine. And I, I knew I'm always going to get the straight story from Dr. Loftus. She's going to have no problem telling me when I'm full of crap, and she's going to have no problem telling me when I might be on to something. The way I, in- you can interpret what she said for yourself, but the way I interpret what Dr. Loftus said there is that while we disagree on some of the details here and some of the interpretations of, uh, of uh, the significance of, the, uh, for instance, the witnesses not remembering this party, where I do disagree with her. I, I, I personally believe that that's something you would remember. Uh, and, and it's being distorted. I've seen this happen online where people are saying, I wouldn't remember every party I went to in 1982. That's not what you're being asked. You're being asked, hey, did you ever go to a pool party with these four specific people in a house in this basic neighborhood where there was alcohol and no parents. I'm sorry. I strongly disagree with Dr. Loftus on this. With 100% certitude or certainty, I would be able to tell you whether that ever happened. 100%. So, the, so people are purposely distorting what the question is. But back to Dr. Loftus, I interpret that she is very open to my therapy implanted memory theory on this. She is very open to that. And, uh, and that doesn't surprise me because it's her work that has led me <laughs> to, to view this case that way. And, that, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, please, if you come up with another scenario that does this better, I'm all in favor of hearing it. I'm totally open-minded. But that scenario that I laid out for her is the only scenario that fully explains all the evidence here. Nobody's actually lying because under my scenario, Ford has come to believe it and it could happen for any number of reasons. I mean, my gosh, as, as Dr. Loftus implied, What's going on in that therapy? She's got marital problems, so what's happening? There's a, this is pure, obviously pure speculation, but what if she needs to come up with an explanation for why she and her husband uh, aren't having sex, right? Well, this is a pretty good explanation. Oh, I, I've had male issues for a long time. Well, why have you had male? Well, because I got assault. When were you? Well, it was when I was 15. And, and then she, it starts flooding from the book that she read about Mark Judge. And by the way, and this I didn't want to get into with Dr. Loftus because I don't want to get her into a political spat. But come on. 
She's a liberal Democrat, and she just happens to put two prominent conservatives in that room with her? Really? They're the ones assaulting her. In my mind, that's her subconscious. That's her liberal subconscious being attacked by the mean white male conservatives. And I don't think it's a coincidence, and I do think it's incredibly significant that she puts Mark Judge in the room. In the room. Almost like he's narrating for her what happened here. Because you know what? He was narrating narrating this for her. Again, do I know this to be true? Obviously not. And I am, contrary to popular belief, incredibly open to her testimony. I'm skeptical that she doesn't seem to want to testify, that she keeps putting it back and putting all these stipulations on it. That doesn't evoke a lot of confidence to me. But if she is credible, I'll be the first to throw Brett Kavanaugh under the bus. The first one. But so far, to me, the more, even though it sounds bizarre to those that don't understand the issue of memory, the, the most logical scenario is one where this memory is either concocted or manipulated or enhanced or exaggerated over time, which is the way memory works. Anyway, once again, thanks again to Dr. Elizabeth Loftus. Uh, for her time, and, and we've gotten to know each other because of her great work on the Sandusky case. She actually testified on behalf of Jerry Sandusky in one of his appeal hearings, and uh, and she was actually the first person. And I'm, <laughs> it's unfortunate because <laughs> I wish she hadn't done this because it's led me into a horrible path in my life. She, I think, was the very first person that ever said to me, "Why do you think Jerry Sandusky is guilty?" And like. Because uh, everyone says he is. <laughs> this was like way, way, way back. And she said, well, you might want to take a look at that. Because she had skepticism about that case from the very, very beginning. And uh, my research t- turned out to show that she was 100% right. All right. Um, so I get into much, much greater detail on all of this in hour number one. So make sure you check that out if you have not yet checked out hour number one of the World According to Zig podcast. Uh, and uh, as always, I only ask two things of you. Please, number one, share this podcast via social media, Twitter, Facebook, word of mouth, what have you. And number two, do yourself a favor. And if you're one of those people who uh, sleeps, and when you sleep, sleep, when you sleep, you use sheets, please pay attention to this important message. My name is John Ziegler. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Coffee? Oh, thanks. How did you sleep? Ugh, like a baby. I don't want to get out of bed, ever. These sheets are mm, incredibly soft. What did you say they're called again? Performance bedding by Sheiks. <laughs> performance bedding? <laughs> yeah, they're made from super high-tech performance fabric. They're incredibly breathable, so you're not waking up at night throwing covers off and then an hour later throwing them back on. Huh, no wonder I slept so good. Since I started using Sheiks, I sleep like a baby. No more sweaty nights for me. No? Well. <laughs> well, I like them because they're soft. They feel like mm, silk performance fabric huh maybe we should oh i don't know try them out again (laughs) (laughs) comfort and performance for better sleep that's sheiks s-h-e-e-x sheiks try sheiks for 30 nights risk-free go to sleepcoolnow.com use promo code 1212 and get 40 dollars off any sheet set that's sleepcoolnow.com promo code 1212 sleepcoolnow.com 1212